Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to get to this thing called... John Wilder? John Wilder? Vision Wilder? I read your books. I read all your books. Come in. This is Juanita Wilder. And welcome to Who Will Save Generation X, the trivia game show that's dedicated to remembering, celebrating, and preserving all the wonderful qualities of Generation X through games, trivia, and friends. I am Zabe, your host, and today we have two great contestants ready to compete for fabulous prizes and in the process do their part to save Generation X from being forgotten. Are you ready to do your part? Please play along with the contestants while you listen at home and see what rad prize you would have wanted if you were here with us saving Generation X from fading into oblivion. We're so happy you have chosen to join us, and I'm sure you're going to get a nice dose of nostalgia and maybe a few laughs along the way. So if everyone's ready, let's begin the show. This episode promises to be a good one, I think. I've wanted to have these guests on for a while now, and I'm honored that they have made the time to be on the show. I write the episodes with a little something for everyone, and this one has a wide range of topics to cover. But if you know your John Hughes films, then this episode is one you might especially like. Especially like. We are going to save Gen X for future generations a little today with the material we cover with these two who have had friendships that stretch, well, all the way back to 2015, but uh, their origin, their roots go back to high school. So uh, all three of us actually went to high school with one another, but none of us were really that close of friends at the time. But thanks to the magic of uh, the interwebs and Facebook, we have all reconnected and become fast friends, I believe. Right? Absolutely. Yes. Our contestants today are Carrie. Hi, guys. I'm super excited to be here. This is so awesome and rad and radical and awesome. And I can't wait to play along with uh, and revisit all of the very cool and exciting and awesome and rad things that happened uh, during Gen X time. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for being here, Carrie. And Carrie will be battling against Sam. 
Hey, everybody. I am so excited to be here. I'm a huge fan of the show, and I can't wait to find out what Zabe has in store for us and to play along with Carrie. Thank you for being here, Sam. But before we meet them properly, let's give a quick overview of the games we're going to be playing today. If you're new to the show, this is how we play. The show is broken up into three rounds. The player with the most points after round two goes on to play the bonus round and try and win today's prize. That is, unless the losing player can play spoiler to them and stop them in our final game. Round one. Hey, ladies, you know, you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have our first game of the day. It's called The Facts of Life. In this game, we take the top 10 crowdsourced opinions about a topic, and the players must compete to identify them on the top 10 list. An incorrect answer gives you a strike, and the player that gets three strikes loses the round. The winner of round one will be awarded the power, the power, which is a position that will grant them advantages later in the show. So no points are awarded for round one, but having the power in round two can be a great advantage. So, what would you little maniacs like to do first? You know... You cannot find Shermer, Illinois on a real map. But if you're from Gen X, then you can certainly find it in your heart. Reportedly, it's an amalgamation of several Chicago suburbs, but it could really be any suburb anywhere during the 80s. And it's the place that so many of John Hughes' characters called home. Hughes was as empathetic a filmmaker as you'll ever find. He believed that everybody's story mattered and that even though life gets harder when you get older, that doesn't mean that being a teenager is any easier. Sometimes his characters were the butt of the joke. Sometimes they're the one telling it, but they were always treated with a warmth and respect that few comedians have ever truly been able to manage. The late director left behind a body of work that defined America in the 80s. One that told generations of adolescents, their parents, and all those that followed them, that it is okay to be weird and uncertain and living off the beaten path is often the best way to live in life. The Facts of Life list this episode contains the very best of all John Hughes' works that he either directed, wrote, or both. This list was curated by over 250,000 votes, and the number one might surprise you. So tell me, ladies, what are the greatest John Hughes films of all time? We flipped the coin backstage, and Sam, you won the coin toss. Give us your best John Hughes film. Ooh, well, not necessarily who I think is the best, right? But which right. one? On the survey, yeah. What do you think the survey, think yeah. the best. Okay. Um, I'm going to say Pretty in Pink. You're talking like that just because I'm going out with Blaine. Blaine? His name is Blaine? Oh, that's a major appliance. That's not a name. Pretty in Pink. Number 10 on the list. Well done. Carrie, on to you. What do you got? So I'm really surprised that Pretty in Pink is number 10, I have to say. Um, but I'm going to go with National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Hey, Griswold, where do you think you're going to put a tree that big? Bend over and I'll show you. Christmas Vacation, number eight on the list. Number eight. Wow. Okay. Wow. We do actually watch that film every single year. Um, it's part, I own it on DVD, not, not VHS anymore because... Um, my, our VHS player took a crap in the end of the nineties, like most of them did. Um, but we do own the DVD and it is part of our regular Christmas watching uh, extravaganza every year. So I, awesome. I still have my uh, VHS and I busted out and my, 
eight-year-old daughter is just amazed by it. She wants to play everything on it. I don't know why, but she loves it. It's like a magical machine. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Sam, back to you. No strikes so All far. All right, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with The Breakfast Club. Hey, how come Andrew gets to get up? That's right. If he gets up, we'll all get up. It'll be anarchy. The Breakfast Club, number one on the list. Solid. <laughs> I said it might surprise you, but, you know, really it shouldn't. Not even well, at I all. Was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking that Pretty in Pink was a bigger box office hit, but maybe uh, I'm wrong. I think Breakfast Club is like a cult classic, you know, at this it point. Is. Yeah. They all are really, but yeah, well, I think yes. Breakfast Club gets the most pub. Okay, no strikes for either of you. Carrie, back to you. Okay, so I am gonna go with um, sixteen candles. Can't believe my grandmother actually felt me up. Sixteen candles, Solid. number six on the list. Number six. Wow. Okay. Nice. Great job. You guys are crushing it. No strikes so far. <laughs> Things are going to get a little bit more difficult here in a moment, I think. Sam, on to you. I'm going to try Home Alone. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Home Alone, number seven on the list. That was by far his uh, most successful on this list uh, as far as box office. <laughs> Carrie, no strikes. Keep it going. Okay, uh, so weird science. By the way, why are we wearing bras on our heads? Ceremonial. Weird science. Number nine on the list. Number nine. I'll take it. You guys are doing awesome. No strikes. Five answers remain. Sam, Ooh, wow. can you go strike list? All right. Uh, let's see. I'm going to go with planes, trains, and automobiles. Oh. Oh. Oh, why did you kiss my ear? Why are you holding my hand? Where's your other hand? Between two pillows. Those aren't pillows. Number two on the list. Number two? Really? Number two. Sam, wow, you got number one and two. Of course you did, Sam. Good job. Good job. <laughs> I love that movie. That's one of my favorites. I get I get all misty eyed every Great. every time at the very end. Uh, I I will go ahead and admit that I am actually not a giant fan uh, of that one. Don't hate me. Wow. I don't hate you, but there are very few Thanksgiving movies, and that one fits the bill. I think. Yeah, that's very true. That's a good point. Uh, my next one is going to be um, oh I know some kind of wonderful. Some kind of wonderful. Number 11 on the list. Oh, you got it. I mean, it goes to 11, These right? To so 11. that's legit. Uh, <laughs> even though we were just trying to get in the top 10, um, I'll, I'm, I'm still comfortable with my choice. So, <laughs> yeah, I was surprised that didn't make the top 10 as well. I mean, that would have been on my top 10 for sure. Yeah, right. Eric Stoltz and, and um, her Leah name is Thompson and Leah Thompson. Mary Stewart Masterson. There yes. She yeah. was a drummer, wasn't she? Like yeah. Watts, 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 the drummer. Yeah, with the red gloves and the fringe. Yeah, such a rad, rad movie. Um, I'm just gonna say, it's so, super great. I love yeah. Duncan in that movie. His character yes. always cracks me up. 
right? Elias Koteas, right? I think that's his name. He's a great actor. Carrie, I, I think see. you're in trouble. <laughs> I'm definitely in trouble. <laughs> Believe me, I know. I knew this from the get-go. I knew as soon as I got the phone call that this was happening, that I was going to be in trouble. So it's all good. <laughs> okay, Sam, let's see if you can back up all this name dropping you're doing with another uh, correct answer. The name dropping has only begun, trust me. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually want to kind of build off of one of Carrie's answers. I'm going to say just regular old vacation. Yeah, Dad, you must have jumped this thing about 50 yards. Ah, it's nothing to be proud of, Rusty. 50 yards. <laughs> That's a pretty smart answer. It's number five. Yes. Correct. No strikes for Sam, one strike for Carrie, only two answers remain. Not one of my favorite movies, but I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway, and it's going to be Uncle Buck. But I know a good kid when I see one, because they're all good kids, until dried-out, brain-dead skags like you drag them down and convince them they're no good. You so much as scowl at my niece, or any other kid in this school, and I hear about it, and I'm coming looking for you. Take this quarter. Go downtown and have a rap gnaw that thing off your face. I think Uncle Buck might I... be one of your new favorites because it's number four on the list. Number four. <laughs> you avoided a second strike and put the pressure on Sam. So here's the situation. Sam, uh, you, you're you sitting pretty good here. Uh, get an answer here, you win straight up. Uh, otherwise, carries the door still open for you anything can still happen is what i'm saying sam what do you got i think this is a john hughes film uh i'm not exactly sure but i'm gonna say the great outdoors great outdoors is of course a john hughes film but it's also number 16 on the list oh your I first love that strike movie, sam man. i watched it so many times so many times for sure that was another um john candy uh yes vehicle right they worked a lot together and dan Aykroyd, right and dan Aykroyd. yes i believe so oh the old 96er with the stake <laughs> and you know annette benning is in that movie too she plays uh dan Aykroyd's wife right uh it's Duncan's been a while sister-in-law it's been a while um, i don't remember that one but with the I, twins I oh my we gosh have the twins right Good i just remember the line um uh if I can get a dessert down, I'm thinking you throw in a couple of hats and shirts for the kids. <laughs> yeah. Classics. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Okay. So that's a strike for you, Sam. One strike a piece. Carrie, can you put yeah. the pressure on Sam? I do believe that I can. Are you ready? Yes. Ferris Bueller's day off. Incredible. One of the worst performances of my career, and they never doubted it for a second. How could I possibly be expected to handle school on a day like this? Ferris Bueller's Day Off is number three on the list. Yeah, of course it is. So that's all 10. Way to go, (gasps) Carrie. Nobody struck out. However, we go to the tiebreaker, which is whoever had the top, the number one answer, which was the Breakfast Club. That means, Sam, you have won the power. The power is Good job, Sam. Way to get the power, girl. (laughs) The power. I'm so excited. Oh, wait. Uh, Running down the list, we had Pretty in Pink at number 10. Nine was Weird Science. Eight was National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Seven was Home Alone. Six was 16 Candles. Number five was National Lampoon's Vacation. Four was Uncle Buck. 
Three, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Two, Trains, Planes, Automobiles. And number one, of course, was The Breakfast Club. Okay. They're all so great. I would watch any of those films a hundred times, like easily. You probably have. <laughs> I probably have. I'm sure anytime we watch any of those films, we spend more time repeating the lines that we know than actually like just sitting back and watching those movies. That's, yes. yeah, which I'm totally fine with. <laughs> Before we start round two, let's take a moment to better meet our contestants. I like to ask a personal preference question so that the listeners can get a better idea who they're playing against at home. And also ask our guests about their Gen X credentials. That is, besides being born when they were, what makes them qualified to call themselves truly Gen X? This episode's personal preference question is, what is the best John Hughes film? And fair warning, if you say flubber, the judges might revoke your Gen X credentials. So please welcome to the show, Carrie. Hey guys, thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Um, let's see, so outside of being uh, born in the 70s, uh, I watched TV all through the 80s. I graduated from high school, Edison High School, class of 1992. I'm a self-sufficient child of divorce, which means I'm also a latchkey kid. So that is also, I believe, a Gen X qualification. Um, I totally remember getting cable TV, um, I remember dial-up internet, and I remember really big, heavy, awkward cell phones. Um, and I also had, I had a friend who was in the very first uh, Nirvana Smells Like Teen Spirit video. So I also say dude and rad and awesome a lot, which just like, I'm like expert level. Um, Gen X because of, as far as I'm concerned, because of that. So I'm really happy to be here um, and yay for Gen X. Yay. The best John Hughes film by far is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. There's just no question about that. I mean, what we have is we have dancing, we have ditching school, we have parades, we have baseball, we have Charlie Sheen, uh, we have Cameron and the car situation. We have Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. We have Jennifer Gray's original nose. Um, so yeah, Ferris Bueller's Day Off for sure. The best. Awesome. I, ch I challenge you, Sam, to beat that, which I know you will. It's totally fine. I know you will. <laughs> I love that film. I love it so, so much. I especially love the montage at the museum, the National, National Art Institute in Chicago. Um, with that um, that medley playing of please 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 let me get my want um, it's <laughs> one of my favorite parts of cinema ever love it wonderful thank you Carrie pleasure to have you here and Carrie's playing against Sam today hi Sam hello my Gen X credentials so I'm gonna say that um, I have an autographed a uh, picture headshot of Alyssa Milano. Um, because For the listeners I, at home, she's she's pointing that at the camera. Yes, so I can it verify says, to that. Samantha, dance away. Best wishes, Alyssa Milano. And uh, I used to be an extra. I did some extra work back in my youth and childhood, and so I got to do a bunch of really fun um, background work on shows like Who's the Boss and Charles in Charge and Hill Street Blues and Knott's Landing and TJ Hooker and all kinds of, of uh, random 
80s shows like that. And so now I can say I actually have had a conversation with Alyssa Milano. And I, today at age 40 something, I follow her on Twitter and I'm totally into all the stuff that she's into. And I love um, thinking about the idea that someday I'll slide into her DMs and be like, hey, do you remember when you gave me this headshot? No, you don't? Okay. Well, <laughs> can we be friends anyway? <laughs> You are unforgettable, Sam. I'm sure she'll remember you in a oh, second. I don't know. Um, so my favorite John Hughes film. So that's actually, it's really hard because I really loved all of those movies that, that we just talked about. And and I I agree, Carrie, you're right. I mean, Ferris Bueller is kind of hard to, to beat, but I'm gonna weigh in on the underdog here, which was actually one of your answers in the last uh, round, which is some kind of wonderful. Nice. Some Kind of Wonderful holds such a special place in my heart. Um, you know, he, it came out in 1987. So it was the year after Pretty in Pink. And it seems like he sort of rewrote Pretty in Pink the way, a different way that it could have turned out. So, you know, um, Mary Stuart Masterson as Watts was sort of the revised female version of Ducky. Um, and I think I loved it because I always felt like I was the girl who was falling in love with her best friend um, and was kind of like haunting in the background while he was, you know, trying to impress some other more popular girl. And I think the soundtrack is amazing. Like I still listen to the soundtrack. I love it to this day. Um, I think Eric Stoltz is great in it. Leah Thompson is great in it. She totally rebounds from Howard the Duck. And <laughs> it's just a great film. I love it so much. As a sci-fi nerd, I just want to speak up and say, there's no need to rebound from an awesome movie like Howard the Duck, okay? <laughs> it's fine, just Red, the way it is. All right. Yes. Ed Rooney she also, also was in that. Back to the Future. <laughs> you know, she, Leah Thompson had a great, has a great career. Absolutely. For sure. She's got nothing to be ashamed of, even with Howard the Duck. <laughs> I think that now, just Sam, just for a second to speak to that film, some kind of wonderful, I think that, Leah Thompson's character had one of the most amazing uh, revelations in that film that I think as a young girl also kind of spoke to a bunch of us, which is I'd rather be alone for the right reasons yeah. than to be with someone for the wrong reasons. Is that, that's right, isn't yes, it? Yes, that is exactly right. And I feel like that, right. um, that line resonated with a bunch of us, you know, a bunch of us yes. young, young women uh, who were kind of inundated with these giantly uh, strong um, and not necessarily always strong, but like rubble John Bender types, you know, we were always being, they were always being thrown at us. Like, this is the guy that you need to have. And then to have like a, a young, strong woman on, on, on film to say something like that, it was like, yeah, that's right. We can make some, we can make some choices, you know, we can make choices for yeah. ourselves. Yeah, I definitely, I, know, I love that one. Like no burn on Pretty in Pink, but the fact that she ends up with Blaine. Um, isn't that the name of, of an appliance? <laughs> <laughs> the rich guy who dumped her just because, well, I don't know. She had her reasons, I'm sure. But I just prefer, yes, the more yeah. futuristic, feminine forward ending of Some Kind of Wonderful. Yes, girl. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you both very much for being here and on to round two. Round two. 
Round two today is a game called Eight is Enough. In this game, we, I'll ask a total of eight questions, four to each of the contestants. Points are awarded for each correct answer, two points for a complete correct answer, and one point for a partial correct answer, which is up to the judge's discretion. At any time, players can appeal the judges to make a ruling for a partial correct answer and try and make their case through loud arguments. I want to hear some arguments, ladies. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, no problem. <laughs> the player who won round one has the power to choose between two of the questions and will know one of the categories the question falls under. Players take turn answering questions with a chance to steal if their opponent answers incorrectly. A steal is worth one point, but also steals the power. You cannot lose points for an incorrect answer. However, all questions must be given an answer, no matter how incorrect they are. So if you don't know the answer, please make something up and preferably something entertaining. Sam, you won, so you have the power, and you get to pick between these two questions. Where the streets have faux name, which is a music question, or you can choose snap out of it. Oh. <laughs> oh. Go, Sam, go. I'm going to go with snap out of it. Okay. In the film Moonstruck, Ronnie is played by Nicolas Cage and claims to lose his bride and his hand in the same day. But Loretta, played by Cher, thinks she knows better. How does Ronnie lose his hand? And what animal does Loretta compare him to for losing it? He lost his hand in the bread slicer and she calls him a wolf. <laughs> Judges? Technically it was a deli slicer, but we're going to give it to you. Thank Close you. Enough. Thank you. Thanks, Judges. <clears throat> Fun fact Nicolas Cage auditioned for the role over 20 times. In the end, Cher wanted to co star with Cage in Moonstruck because she'd seen him play uh, in Peggy Sue Got Married and thought his performance was like, quote, watching a two hour car accident. Uh, according to Cage, <laughs> he was flattered. I lost my hand. I lost my bride. Johnny has his hand. Johnny has his bride. You want me to take my heartbreak, put it away, and forget? <laughs> of course, Nick Cage was flattered by being called a two hour car accident. <laughs> Classic Nick. <laughs> Such a great film, Moonstruck. Oh my gosh, I, uh, I I've, I've seen it again recently, and it's just gorgeous all the way around you know and uh, i watched it on a full moon because of cosmos moon and um cosmos yeah moon. it's a, it's a great cosmos moon la luna bella mm -hmm. it's a great film <laughs> that was a movie that uh when it came out I, I didn't see it and um i had to have a, a girl i was dating convince me to watch it and i was like oh you know had it not been for me wanting to uh, spend time with a girl, I never would have seen it. <laughs> yeah. And even going into it, I'm like, oh, share. <laughs> but it was great. I loved it. It was really so good. good. Highly recommended. Five stars. I mean, and it's the old man and all the dogs. All the dogs. Oh my gosh. So great. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many great aspects uh, to that film. Danny Aiello's character, he's such a, a wuss. And, and Olivia so, Dukakis. Oh, and Olivia Dukakis is amazing. Yes, for and sure. John, um, John Mahoney as the 
the the guy at the restaurant who keeps getting broken up with that oh eventually walks Olympia Dukakis home. I love yes. him in that. He too. keeps getting, uh, he's like dating college women or something. And I think maybe he's a professor and he keeps getting drinks yes. thrown on him every single time. And Olivia Dukakis just calls him out on it straight up. And it's great. Oh my gosh. It's lovely. What is the classic line in that one? Do you love him, Loretta? Oh, Ma, I, I love him awful. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's super cute. That's a awesome. good one. Yeah. Okay, Carrie, this question's for you. It's entitled, Where the Streets Have Faux Name. It's a music question. Larry Mullen Jr., Adam Larry. Clayton, The Edge, and Bono are all the names of the foursome that came together to form the legendary rock band U2. However, The Edge and Bono are not their names given at birth. What is Bono's real name? I have a multiple choice for you if you'd like. Is it A, Dave Evans? B, Paul Hewson, C, Paul McGinnis, or D, Larry Mullen Sr. Well, gosh, uh, Zave, those are some pretty awesome uh, options for sure. Uh, to think that maybe Larry Mullen Jr. and Larry Mullen Sr. were in the same band, really, <laughs> it does give me pause. Also to think that someone in an Irish band may have had the last name of McGinnis. Um, I think that's, I mean, maybe, I mean, yeah, no. So I'm going to go with B, uh, Paul Hewson is, oh. I think you're playing with me the whole time and you know. <laughs> Paul Hewson is correct. <laughs> Yay. Fun fact. During his adolescence, Bono was part of a street gang. The gang had a ritual of nickname giving. Bono had several nicknames, such as Hughesman, followed by Houseman, Bon Murray, Bono Vox of O'Connell Street, and finally just Bono. However, it all started with his first name, his first nickname, which was all one word, mind you, Stein Heg Van Houston or Leg Bang Bang Bang. <laughs> McGinnis, I believe. It rolls awesome. off the tongue. It rolls right off the tongue. Just O'Shea. Rolls right off the tongue. That's going to be a hashtag starting tomorrow. So. <laughs> Am I bugging you? I don't mean to bug you. Okay, the score is caught, tied at two points apiece. Sam, you still have the power, so you get to pick between these two questions. Will it be? Going off the rails on a crazy wedding dress train, which is a history question, or will it be gravity is no match for Aquanet? So I'm going to go with the Aquanet question. Gravity is no match for Aquanet. Although no one person can truly claim to have kicked off the big hair fashion trend of the 70s and 80s, there are some that definitely were influential in its popularization. Actors such as Raquel Welch, Brigitte Bardot, and Jane Fonda became big-haired icons in the early 60s through the 70s. Women's hairstyles labeled as big hair became fashionable during this period. However, it was this woman in a red one-piece bathing suit she wore in her famous 1976 poster hanging on the walls of every teenager's bedroom that became the iconic example who was this angel that furthered the evolution of big hair? Go, oh, Sam. Man. 
Go, Sam. Her name is on the tip of my <gasps> tongue, and I can picture her. Is it Cheryl Teagues? <gasps> Cheryl Teagues is incorrect. Carrie, can you steal this question? I am going to gently steal this question from Sam. It's Farrah Fawcett. Correct. A fun fact. The poster is noted for being the best-selling poster of all time. She made more money from that single poster than all the money she made from Charlie's Angels. It is estimated that she had made over $6 million in royalties in the 70s, which would have been worth almost $28 million in today's economy. After her death in 2009, the red one-piece bathing suit she wore in her famous 1976 poster was donated to the Smithsonian National Museum of American History where it is on display to this day for a new generation of teenagers to admire. There was a Serapi blanket behind her. Her blonde locks were feathered to the gods. The hair was the first thing that entered the room. It was like, <sighs> hair. Wow. That's pretty incredible that she made all of that, that she made so much money from that poster. More, than, Char more than Charlie's Angels. I well, mean, that's what, that's what uh, from my research, that's what encouraged her to quit Charlie's Angels. Because she says, why, do, why am I doing this, all this work? I can just sit out by the pool and yeah. make millions. <laughs> goals. Hashtag goals. Um, okay, Carrie, wow. here's your question. You have three points to Sam's two. A two-pointer here puts you in the driver's seat for sure. The question is called, going off the rails on a crazy wedding dress train. A shared moment for most Gen X members is the royal wedding of Prince Charles and Lady Diana Spencer. One of the more memorable facts of the ceremony was the humongous wedding dress that Lady Diana walked down the aisle in. How long was the train on her wedding gown? This is multiple choice. Was it A, 12 meters? B, 25 feet? C, 50 feet? Or D, 69 feet. 69, dude. <laughs> um, well, considering I had my education in these fine United States of America, in the fine city of Huntington Beach, California, I have no idea what meters are. So uh, I'm going to have to answer in, in feet. And I believe it was 6,000 feet. Oh, wait, no, that was not one of the options. Um, gosh, I, I would go with it seemed so giant. I would go with 25 feet. Is that your final answer? Uh, yes, that's my final answer. It's a good one. Correct. Yay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> that gives you five points to Sam's two. The length of the train was impressive. But what's more impressive, though, was the 153-yard tool veil connected to her tiara. For for a comparison, a football field is only 100 yards, which means Britons could have played football on it. However, they probably would have ended up just playing soccer instead, since they don't know what real football is. Side note, listeners of the last episode will remember that I vowed to continue to make lame, uncalled for English stereotype jokes until the listeners from the UK email me and tell me to stop. Second warning. <laughs> The world gets its first full glimpse of the fairy tale princess, demure behind her veil, and the wedding dress that has been a carefully guarded secret. Resplendent ivory silk taffeta trimmed with antique lace in a long, long train. 
all 25 feet hand-embroidered. As bewitching and romantic a bride as ever touched the heart of the world. But that long train is a bridesmaid's nightmare. Oh my gosh, well, I, I can tell you, cheerio, mate. Uh, <laughs> is that right? No. Um, I can sure. tell you that watching that wedding, that, that train on that dress seemed to be the, the length of the entire um, church that she was in. It just seemed like, like you remember the intro to Star Wars, right? Like how it was just forever. It just <laughs> went forever. Like Princess Diana's dress was like the same, right? Like it was just those, it was the True. same. It was forever. Yeah. So um, that was definitely a memorable point in my childhood. Okay. That means the score is five points for Carrie, two points for Sam. Carrie, you still have the power, power. or you have the power. And what? you get to pick between two of these two questions. Will it be when your wife's actions 35 years ago cost you the 2000 presidential election, which is a politics question. Shocking. Or will it be you have to purify yourself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka? <laughs> which I'm guessing is not a political the power only lets you pick between you know the category of one of the two it could be a politics question as well you never know um oh i'm gonna go with politics i'll take the first question please when your wife's actions 35 years ago cost you the 2000 presidential election over 35 years ago the infamous parents music resource center senate hearings in which Tipper Gore and a group of concerned Washington wives petitioned to have warning labels put on records that explicitly reference drugs, violence, and sex. Testifying against the PMRC and labeling their goals as censorship in an effort to trample First Amendment rights was a trio of opposing witnesses in support of the music industry. Which of the following was not an opposing witness? Was it A, Frank Zappa? B, D. Snyder, C, John Denver, or D, Shabadoo, who played Ozone in Breakin' and Breakin' 2 Electric Boogaloo? Uh, R.I.P. Shabadoo, I believe. He just passed away recently. Am I right about that? He did. R.I.P. Um, yes. And so I think that one of the raddest things about watching those trials was seeing Dee Snyder from Twisted Sister, you know, uh, and his massive amounts of hair and Frank Zappa, who I barely even knew who Frank Zappa was, but um, people that I knew who were a little bit older than me told me that he was super cool. And so I figured they're right. And I mean, John Denver is just also RIP. And Frank Zappa, RIP. Um, there's a lot of RIPs going on here, but John Denver, you know, classic to this day, just lovely. So Shabadoo uh, was the one who was not part of the 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 dynamic tree threesome that that did not roll off the tongue at all. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the answer is D. Shabadoo. That is correct. As I said in my testimony, I think it's very important that parents be aware of that these lyrics exist. How, how could they find out about it? Well, quite simply, as a parent myself and as a rock fan, I know that when I see an album cover with a severed goat's head in the middle of a pentagram between a woman's legs, that it's not the kind of album I want my son to be listening to. Right. 
You have taken a commanding lead in this game. Two, four, six. That is uh, I'm in trouble. Seven to two. Yes. You need to get this one for sure, Sam. You got this. You got have, this, Sam. You have a chance. You're, you're so prepared. You, you, you got this. I'm not worried about you overtaking the lead. <laughs> this question is called, you have to purify yourself in the, lit, in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. It's a movie slash music question. This is a two-part question. Ready? In the 1984 film Purple Rain, Prince plays a character loosely adapted from his real life who opens the movie with a musical number. Excluding Prince and his on-screen parents, almost every character in the movie is named after the actor who plays him or her. What is the name of the character Prince plays? And what is the name of the song that he opens the film with? You tell me the, uh, his name and I have multiple choice for the song. Oh, nice, nice. You got this. You got this. Uh, mm, Carrie would be great at this question. Um, I am going to say that I know that somewhere in his real name, I think, is Roger. I, I'm not sure that that's what he would call himself in the film, but I'm going to go with Roger. That ain't Lake Minnetonka. I'm sorry, that answer is incorrect. Uh, that's, Carrie? that's that's actually almost terribly incorrect, Sam. And you know I love you so much, <laughs> but Roger, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Carrie, can you steal this and run the score up on Sam, or are you going to be merciful and and miss it on purpose? I I just know she okay. knows it. Take it, girl. Do okay. it. Okay. So the character, <clears throat> I believe the character's name in Purple Rain was the kid. And I also just want to clarify that Prince, his, his middle name was Rogers. So it's Prince Rogers Nelson. Just, am I, I mean, if I'm only half right, then I, I'll be okay with that. No, you're well. all right. And you're dunking oh, okay. all over Sam by rubbing it in. <laughs> no, I don't mm-hmm. need to. She sure is. The kid is correct. Here's your multiple choice for the song. Do you know the song? Uh, I don't offhand. Okay. So. Was it A, When Doves Cry? This is for the people at home. Was it A, when Doug's, <clears throat> Doug's, when Doug's cry. Oh, poor Doug. Sorry, Doug. No, A, when doves cry. B, take me with you. C, let's go crazy. Or D, karma chameleon. <laughs> well, obviously um, it's uh, not karma chameleon. <laughs> Gosh, you know what? I, I'm not a hundred percent sure on this one, but I think it was, Take me with you. That's gonna go ahead and be my final answer. That ain't Lake Minnetonka. Take me with you is incorrect. Star. It was let's go crazy. Sure. Mm. So uh the score is now at six points to four points. Let's go crazy is a solid, solid tune, by the way. For sure. Take me with you is a great song too. I mean, I kind of just wanted to give it a little bit of a shout out because it's almost an underdog song that no one ever talks about. So, Mm. you know, not saying that I didn't know that that was the wrong answer, but I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Here's the fun fact. A foreign language tribute film was made in honor of Purple Rain, starring Nigerian guitar star Mado Mukhtar. I won't try and pronounce the title of the movie because I lack the skills to do so. However, it translates to rain, the color of blue with a little bit of red in it. 
Catchy. We should definitely start releasing films in America with titles like that. <laughs> Agreed. Okay, Carrie, there needs to be a major collapse in order to make this, uh, have Sam get a chance to tie this game. Totally. I lost the power. No, no, no. Just, no, no. Major like collapse. away from me. There needs to be a major collapse. All right. <clears throat> Let's see what happens. Major collapse is totally possible, by the way. So, <laughs> Carrie, will it, you have these two questions to pick from. Will it be, I have Xavier Roberts' name tattooed on my butt too, which is a toys and culture question. Or will it be John Weiler? The John Weiler? <laughs> okay, well, there's no doubt about the fact that I am going to choose Jean Wilder, the Jean Wilder, as my question. It might surprise you that this is a movie question. <clears throat> I am totally oh, surprised. Oh, I love that film. I'm totally so surprised good. by that. Films. <laughs> yes. In the 1984 film, Romancing the Stone, has, it has drawn many comparisons to Raiders of the Lost Ark. The chief comparisons come between the characters of Indiana Jones and Jack T. Colton. The link becomes more apparent in the scene where Joan Wilder asks Jack what the T in his name stands for. Although Harrison Ford's catchphrase is way cooler, what does Jack tell her the T stands for? Is this a multiple choice question? <laughs> no, it's not. Darn. Um, I mean, it is, but I'm going to crank the difficulty up on you, Carrie. You bugger. Uh, it's legit. Um, okay. Because I came in so strong with all the Prince answers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Darn it. <laughs> I set the bar too high. Could I've known you... Sam my entire life, basically. And I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and let my friend get dunked on by you <laughs> and, and just hand you answers. Okay. I love Sam so much. You have no idea. I love you both. <laughs> what does the T stand for in, uh, Jack T. Colton? The T in... Jack T. Colton stands for um, trip, I believe, because he loved to go on trips. Uh, and and that's his parents why they, knew that ahead of time? Yes, and that's why yes. they named them? Okay. And that's why they ended up in the jungle. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Colton said, I bet yes. our kid will love trips. Totally. Yeah. And, and he fell down that waterfall. He tripped down the waterfall. I don't know the answer to this. So. Uh, I do I'm know the answer the and that one is yeah. incorrect. I'm so okay. sorry. That's fine. <laughs> Sam, can you get right back into this game with the correct answer? That is a, a tricky one. I know there are hints in that question and yet oh, I am not, I am just not <laughs> picking them up. Um, They're not very good hints if it makes you feel better. Uh, yeah, I'm going to feel really silly when you tell me what the answer is, but I'm going to go with the T stands for tequila because nice. Mr. and Mrs. Colton are, um, <laughs> interesting folks. Obviously. <clears throat> tequila <laughs> is sadly incorrect. The T stands for trustworthy. Oh, geez. Oh, yes. sure. Okay. What is, mm -hmm. uh, so I have a little follow-up question, even though- Not arguments? A, uh, I would like to know. <laughs> I mean, I could, I could definitely shout this question at you. <laughs> I have no problem with that. Let me have it. What is, um, what's Indiana Jones's catchphrase? 
trust me. Oh, jeez. Okay. Oh, got it. Of course it is. Sure. Of course it is. is. Yeah. Okay. I thought Mm -hmm. it was, I hate snakes, but that, that's something totally different, right? Well, Indiana Jones does hate snakes. So, but that, that wasn't like the shirt that came out. No, I hate snakes. (laughs) There was no, I hate hashtag. I hate snakes. uh, Indiana Jones time. They missed out on that. Let me tell you. For sure. (laughs) Yeah. Although Harrison Ford was not offered the part, several other leading men were Paul Newman, Clint Eastwood, Jack Nicholson, Christopher Reeve, all turned down the role, as did Sylvester Stallone, in order to star in Rhinestone in 1984. Good choice. This is a yeah. decision he deeply regretted. <laughs> I bet. For funsies, let's do this last question. Uh, It's called, I have Xavier Roberts' name tattooed on my butt too. Everyone who lived through the 80s knows all about Cabbage Patch Kids and the insane popularity they had. However, it's not just Cabbage Patch Kids that could be adopted from Babyland General Hospital located in Cleveland, Georgia. What is the name of the pets designed for Cabbage Patch Kids that went to market in 1985? I believe Jam um, has an autographed copy of those pets. I do. <laughs> that would be the Kusas. Oh my goodness. The <laughs> listeners at home, Sam just pulled up a birth certificate uh, or adoption certificate, excuse me. Well, <laughs> her Kusa she has. What is I a don't Kusa's, know why I have this. What is your Kusa's name? Let us know. Uh, Ginger. Not yep, terribly, signed by not, Xavier Roberts. Not as exciting as the actual adoption certificate, but still cool. I have that as well. <laughs> For the listeners at home, she just pulled out her Cabbage Patch Kid adoption certificate. You know, it's just so unfortunate that today was the day I went through my garage and found a whole box of stuff. Oh, no. That- it is very fortunate that today was the day. <laughs> I didn't know there was going to be a cabbage patch question. I had no idea. Sam, you didn't win the game, but you're definitely keeping Gen X uh, alive. Thank you so much. Okay, thank goodness. The Cabbage Patch Kids Cooses, friends for kids and boys and girls. As the story goes, they bring you luck with a swish of their tails. A coos is like a friend who does things really neat. Like in a checkers game, you hardly ever get beat. And, and when, when nothing's the- working right, and you're ready to give in. Surprise! You win! Cooses come with their own registration papers and ID collars that carry the names you give them. When a coos is by your side, it's like a little bit of luck. So cuddle up. Here's the fun fact for this one. The Kusas of Waikusa Valley were pets for the Cabbage Patch Kids and came in three varieties that made the most sense for orphaned vegetable-based children. Cats, dogs, and of course, lions. Why lions? Because if they made rabbits, then there would surely would have been a Cabbage Patch Kid genocide. The final score is six points for Carrie, two points for Sam. Congratulations, Carrie. You won the game. Yes. My life is complete. I'm so excited. (laughs) Sam, you are a worthy opponent. You roundly took me out. (laughs) I have no idea how that actually happened, by the way. I swooped in at the last minute with a glass of wine and, and a lot of hope. 
and in uh, prints and prints Muppet Babies will return after these messages before we play the final round if you're enjoying the show so far please consider giving us a positive review on Apple Podcasts and subscribing to future episodes it costs you nothing to give us a positive review and subscribe but it would mean a whole lot to me we'd love to have you as a friend of the show thanks so much and now back to Muppet Babies round three Round three is a bonus prize round called Dysfunctional Family Feud. In this final round, the game's loser can play spoiler to the winner. So it's not over for you yet, Sam. I will ask the same five survey questions, Family Feud style, to each player in turn, and they will need to respond with what they think is the most popular answers from the Gen X timeline. That's the 70s, 80s, and early 90s. These are actual survey questions taken from actual people from Generation X that have been quizzed by the show via Facebook. The loser gets to answer first with the winner unable to hear their responses. The winner will then have to give uh, responses to the same five questions and beat the other player score without duplicating any of the answers. If they get more points, they win the game and go on to claim a chance at their prize. Carrie, you are going to go into the waiting room. Okay, bye. Bye. All right, Sam, you know how to play. Yes. Let's get some revenge. Let me give you all the answers so you'll be... uh, be sure to win and save me some money. All right, Sam, you will have a one pass. And a pro tip is use your pass. Okay. Okay. Your time will begin when I finish reading the first question. What was the best slow dance at your prom? Oh, hold on to the night by Richard Marks. I think that but- was our theme. I don't know if it was the best one, but. What was the best championship sports team of the 80s? The Rams. No idea. I know nothing about sports. Can you tell? Sam, you're going to cost me some money. (laughs) Name a Gen X rom-com. Pass. Who was the best stand-up comedian of the 80s? Sam Kinison. What was the best variety show? Variety show? I mean, I guess Saturday Night Live. I'm bombing this. (laughs) And going back to number three, name a Gen X rom-com. Can't Buy Me Love. We are going to invite Carrie back in from the waiting room. There she is. Hey there. Carrie, I'm going to ask you the same five survey questions I asked Sam. You may not duplicate any of her answers. If you, you do, won't. you give me a whole <laughs> new answer. You get two passes. Two passes. Okay. Yep. It's good to use your passes. Your time will begin after I finish reading the first question. What was the best slow dance at your prom? I didn't go to prom. <laughs> is that your answer? Yes. What was the best championship sports team of the 80s? Chicago Bulls. Name a Gen X rom-com. Singles. Who was the best stand-up comedian of the 80s? Pass. What was the best variety show? Pass. Who was the best stand-up comedian of the 1980s? 
I am gonna say the best stand-up comedian of the 80s is Eddie Murphy. And finally, what was the best variety show? Best variety show had to have been uh, Barbara Mandrell and the Mandrell Sisters. That was legit. My dad would agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, for sure. I mean, m many dads would agree with me on that oh, one. <laughs> oh, there's so many things I wish I would have said now. Okay. Now we go to the scores. I asked you, what was the best slow dance at your prom? Sam, you said, hold on to the night. I didn't ask you for the theme of your prom. I asked for the best slow dance song. And uh, that did not make our survey. It was zero points. <laughs> nice try though, Sam. Way to remember the theme. Way to remember the theme of the prom. <laughs> it's the first thing that came into my mind. I mean, yes, that's awesome. Carrie, you said the most Gen X answer you possibly could. I did not go to the prom. <laughs> True. And that resonated with our, our survey. That was the number one answer. No way. <laughs> Worth 40 that points. Is some kind of baloney. That is some kind of wonderful, is what that is. Bring the score of 40 for Carrie, zero for Man. Sam. Oh, Sam. wow. <laughs> the day when Richard Marks gets just blown out of the water like that, it's just not fair. I tell it's ridiculous. You. It's ridiculous. I asked you, what was the best championship sports team of the 80s? The two super fans answered. <laughs> Sam said the Rams did not make our survey. So sorry. No championships in the 80s for the Rams. She is a huge Dodgers fan, by the way. You could have picked, I know. You could have picked any other, any other major say. sports. Yeah, you could have picked any other major sports in LA. Could have picked Lakers, could have picked Dodgers. Oh. We went the Rams and went zero points. So sorry. My husband Carrie, would be so disappointed in me. Carrie, uh, you can stop laughing because you said the Bulls, right. which yes. won zero championships in the 80s. Solid. Yes, good job, Carrie. <laughs> For zero points as well. I also we, could have said the Dodgers as I pretty much grew up here right. in Southern California and should have known better. <laughs> they won the most championships in baseball in the 80s of any other team. That would have been a good one to go with. The number one answer for best championship sports team of the 80s was the 1985 Chicago Bears. The Bears. The Bears. The Bears. <laughs> nice. Of course. Yeah. Of course. And you could have said the Bears with your answer. And had a lot. And of they had that song. They had a a top Super Bowl song. shuffle, I believe, is the song that you're looking for. Yes, Super Bowl shuffle. That they ain't here to cause no trouble. They're just that here to do the Super Bowl shuffle. <laughs> Name a Gen X rom com. Sam, you said "Can't Buy Me Love," which was the number five answer, worth ten points. You're on the board. Good job, Sam. Nice. I'll take it. Carrie, you said "Singles." Absolutely, a Gen X rom com. Yes but did not make our survey. Well, that's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> also the, a great soundtrack. Yeah. Seriously, one of the best. Yes, for sure. The number one answer was 16 Candles. <sighs> okay. I mean, I, I mean, guess that's a rom-com. Sure. I guess fine. it is. It's fine. Okay. The score is Carrie 40, Sam 10. I am not complaining at all. <laughs> all because you didn't go to the prom. That's true. <laughs> I am very Gen X. <laughs> I asked you, who was the best stand-up comedian of the 1980s? Sam, you said Sam Kinison, which was the number four answer, 
worth 15 points, bringing your score to 25 points. Woo-hoo. Good job, Sam. I mean, he yelled his way into our hearts, didn't he? He did. He was pretty inappropriate, but I loved everything. Super inappropriate. Yes. Very inappropriate. R.I.P. R.I.P. Uh, uh, Carrie, you said Eddie Murphy, which was the number one answer worth 34 points, bringing your score to 74. Nice job. Wow. That's, that's crazy. So the score going into the final question, Carrie, 74, Sam, 25. <laughs> All right. It's There's cool. No, it's hope. not, it's not over yet. It's not over yet. The game's not over yet. Anything can still happen. That's right. I asked you, what was the best variety show? Carrie, you said Barbara Mandrell and the Mandrell sisters. <laughs> which is i don't i can't even i don't even know how to comment on why that popped into my head <laughs> surprisingly that did not make our survey what? with zero Gosh. points giving you a final score of 74 <laughs> sam you said saturday night live which was the number one answer and probably what? only answer. It was probably what? the only answer, right? The number one answer. You need 49 points to tie. Go, Sam. Fingers crossed. Survey said. It's worth 28 points. I'm so sorry. Oh. Bringing you to a total of 53 <laughs> to Carrie's 74. That means, Carrie, you have won, and you have get to go on to claim your prize. Yes. Yes. Sam, I would like all of that memorabilia that you showed us earlier as my prize. Thank you very much. <laughs> I will make sure I get my CUSA's birth certificate in the mail to you. Legit. Legit. Oh, there's no way you can part with that. <laughs> I know. I, there's no way I would take that. You know what? I'll take a picture of it on my phone and I'll just text it to you. <laughs> okay. that's, that's much more appropriate for now. <laughs> Now we're going on to our Shoppers Bazaar segment, which is a throwback to the old Wheel of Fortune prize vault, where the winner gets to claim their prize from the showroom. However, we are not Wheel of Fortune and can only offer a chance at a prize by me placing bids on my eBay watch list on the winner's behalf. I will place a minimum bid on the listing of the winner's choice until I am the high bidder. So I'll keep bidding and bidding until I am the top bidder. If that bid holds up until the end of the auction, then I will buy that item for the winner. Good luck. Yay, I'm so excited. eBay! I'm excited for you. Um, oh, you know, if I get something, I'll share it with you. Some of the items that are up for bid for you, Carrie, for you to choose from are Farrah Fawcett 8x10 picture in her famous pose of the uh, famous uh, the famous poster that we talked about earlier. Wow. Next my we have... My, my husband would be super stoked on that, let me tell you. Next, we have a used VHS tapes that someone recorded Dances with Wolves off Showtime. And, oh, wow. something, and something called Duke's Special Mix. So uh, no one knows what's on. Is that any is, number of things. Is that like... We're just not sure. <laughs> Maybe it's Dukes of Hazard. It's, oh. it's his kids' quinceanera or it's porn. One or the other. We don't know. I mean, it could go either way. Yeah. <laughs> Next, we have a button featuring Smurfette that reads equal rights for Smurfette. Oh, that's pretty cute. That's rad. Also so rad. rad. Yes, totally. Then we have a vintage 80s silky bomber jacket. Wow. Ultra colorful print, uh, complete with shoulder pads. 
Oh, I was gonna say, I mean, it's, it's the shoulder pads that really bring the room together as far as this that item goes. Yeah. Funky fresh. Yes. To, to paint a mental picture, just think of the uh, mom from the Goldbergs. It's a jacket she would love to own. It's every <laughs> single sweater she's ever worn in her lifetime. <laughs> Next, we have a t-shirt commemorating Haley's Comet from 1986. <laughs> kind of the worst. Uh, I mean, there's really nothing special about that. I'm not going to say it's the worst, <laughs> but I mean, there's just, it's so like, it's just type like um, typewriter print and then like a picture through a telescope maybe. It, like, it looks like someone just spilled, spilled white paint on it. Is I what definitely it looks like. thought it was like, I definitely thought it was just a smear of white paint. So. Yeah. Well, if you remember Haley's comment, it did just look like a fuzzy dot in the sky. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, for so sure. It's a good rendition of it. <laughs> it's spot on. Next, we have oh. a Romancing the Stone lobby card written in English, German, and French featuring Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner facing danger and romance. Wow. That's... Tea for trip. Or tequila. <laughs> or trustworthy. Or trustworthy. Or, yeah, or something. Next, we have an authentic Cabbage Patch Kid Kusa Lion from 1983. What? Is that Ginger? Is it Ginger? Because <laughs> right. his arms spread Ginger out. Ginger was a cat, so. Oh. oh. Well, lions are kind of cat. Maybe. Just roll with it. Ginger, is it you? Speaking of cats, a rad, a rad powder blue <laughs> t-shirt featuring Garfield leaning up against the word Kansas and giving major attitude. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Catitude, I think you mean, Jake. Oh, I think you mean. You yeah, win. Nice. You Good win. Save. Good save, Sam. And of course, we have finally a brand new factory sealed vinyl copy of the soundtrack to Rain the Color of Blue with a little bit of red in it, featuring the Nigerian guitar god Ndo Maktar. Wow. What's it going to be, Carrie? I mean, embarrassment it's, of riches it I mean. is it, it's it's a plethora some might say that it is a plethora of riches um you say i have a plethora of pinatas <laughs> <laughs> i'm so tempted to go with those lot of five pre-recorded vhs video cassette vcr tapes you said your vcr took a crap though uh yes and that's the only reason i'm going to pass on that um okay should we go down the list or no no no, no i am going to go solidly with the uh equal rights for smurfette smurf button vintage 1980s yes girl yes, yes because equal rights for everyone how did i know let's bid this sucker up do it interestingly this is an international auction uh, oh, in, wow. into Canada. So I'm bidding in Canadian money right now. So it's like monopoly money. So I don't really don't feel bad. I can bid as much <laughs> as I want. It's not like it's real money, right? <laughs> Agreed. No, yes. I'm coming after you next, Canada. We're coming for you, Canada. <laughs> Blame Canada. Okay, I'm going to bid two C's, whatever that means. <laughs> I mean, it's... Two, two oh, Canadian no. something. Oh my two, gosh. Two maple leaves or two buckets of syrup or whatever the hell they okay. definitely buckets of syrup so <laughs> wow. up to three buckets of syrup three buckets of syrup uh, 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 uh. <laughs> <laughs> so we are the top bidder at 2.25 buckets of syrup and ten dollars <laughs> for shipping oh my gosh. <laughs> it's 
coming from another planet. This is like the thing, it's like the size of a nickel. It weighs nothing and it's going to cost $48 to ship. (laughs) (laughs) There you go, Carrie. If this bidding holds up, I will ship this to you from uh, the foreign lands of Canada and you can, uh, you can display this proudly as uh, Smurfette suffrage continues. Oh, it will be displayed very proudly. Trust me. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yay. Thank you so much for checking out the show. We know you have a universe of choices out there for your podcast and enjoyment. And it is simply amazing that you've chosen to spend a little time on our show. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. If you like the show, you can join us on Facebook. We have a group out there. All you got to do is search for us. We'd love to have you. We post a lot of fun Gen X content on there daily. If you'd like to contribute directly to the show, we have a Patreon account set up at patreon.com slash who will save Gen X. Contributions there go directly to keeping the show going, offering better prizes and paying for Carrie's button from Canada and all around improvements uh, to future episodes. At our Patreon site, you'll find special bonuses and offers. If you'd like to take advantage of those, we'd love to have you there too. If you like what we're doing here and you want to save Gen X from being forgotten, you can contribute there. If not, please consider us next time. I'm just happy you're listening to the show. Thank you so much. We have our shout outs and plugs. Carrie, thank you so much for being on the show. It has been a blast. Uh, do you have anything you'd like to say before we leave? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jason, first, I'd like to give a shout out to you uh, for putting this all together. You are obviously a very hardworking Gen Xer. And I appreciate this podcast for taking me down a lovely stroll down memory lane. Uh, A shout out to my guitar playing metal music loving husband who you may have heard strumming away in the background. Uh, He reminds me constantly that Gen X also includes uh, his uh, 51 year old studly self um, and studs like him. So, uh, and then a little plug for my very own small business, which is EKP Creations Candle Company, um, where I make and sell handmade scented soy candles like this very one right here that I'm showing on the screen that you can't see if you're listening to the podcast, but you can go to my website, ekpcreations.com. Uh, we specialize in making scented candles out of repurposed wine bottles, recycled glass containers, and mason jars, and they are awesome you should treat yourself to one of our rad candles or treat a friend. Um, Thanks so much for letting me be on the show. This has been an absolute blast. (laughs) Carrie, you have a a subscription for your candles, a subscription uh, service for that too, right? I do. We just launched our launched our candle of the month club Uh, for $24.95 a month. You can get a limited edition hand poured scented soy candle. You get Oh, which Sam uh, has hers burning in the background and has been enjoying hers this whole entire time. Uh, You also get some tea light samples of some other scents that we make and everything gets shipped out uh, once a month. They're great treat for yourself or they're great to gift for a friend also. Thanks. You can find more information in the show notes on your podcast player that you're uh, using right now. We'll have that in the show notes. Thank you so much, Kiri. Thank you. First of all, just want to vouch for Carrie's candles at EKP Creations. They are amazing. Um, I'm a huge fan and I love their subscription, love them all, give them as gifts all the time and everyone loves them. You can't go wrong. Um, Also want to thank you as well, 
Zabe, this is such a great service that you're doing for our generation. And it's just a breath of fresh air to listen to the show. I really enjoy it so much. And thank you for asking us to be on. Um, it's been so much fun. Um, shout out to my husband who I met in the early 90s and still going strong. Um, if it weren't for, you know, I don't know, 90s, 80s music, cinema, sports, all the things that I don't know, all the questions I missed, <laughs> he would have gotten them. That's why we make such a good pair. So shout out to my hubby who has his own podcast called uh, The Salty Pod. You can find that anywhere you listen to podcasts. And um, my own little plug, I don't really have much to plug. I'm a, a writer and a marketer. You can find out more about what I do at purpleinkcreative.com. And I've just enjoyed being here so much. Thanks for having me. The pleasure has been mine. And I, I think I can speak for the listeners that this has been a great show. Uh, thank you guys so much for, for bringing the magic and saving Generation X. I have a shout out as well. Shout out to our latest patron, Ace Nosbert Sr. for his very generous subscription to our Patreon account. Thanks, Ace. You're doing some heavy lifting on saving Generation X from being forgotten. This sound clip right here is just for you. Valkyrie needs food. Bad height. Before we go, I'd like to leave you with a cliffhanger question. If you know the answer, please reach out to me on our Facebook group page, or you can email me directly at whowillsavegenx at gmail.com. Also, if you have any feedback for the show or would like to submit a trivia question or segment idea, you can also reach me there. If we use your question on the show, we'll be sure to give you a shout out. And now this episode's cliffhanger question is, according to the Saturday morning cartoon, how tall are Smurfs in standard fruit-based measurements? More than one of these a day will keep Gargamel away. Correct answers to the cliffhanger question will be put in a drawing for an upcoming prize at a later date. Last episode's cliffhanger question info has been posted on the Facebook group page so you can find out all the details there. Well, that's it for the episode. Thanks again for checking out the show. We welcome you to subscribe to the show for future episodes where we will once again ask the question, who will save Generation X? Later. I guess I didn't have to wave because no one can see me. You probably wave okay. every time though, don't you? I probably. No. I mean, cause you know, you're like later, like peace out guys. You know, you just kind of. It's, it's a it. reflex. It just goes with right. it. It goes with it for sure. Yeah. still here? It's over. Go home. Go. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.